0: Thanks for listening to the Faith Assembly of God podcast. Please join us at 9, 11 a.m. at the main campus, and 11 a.m. at the Mux Corner, Remount, and North Charleston campuses. Thank you for listening, and we hope that God blesses you through doing so. Welcome, Faith. Hey, good to see you guys today. How's everybody doing? One a great spirit of worship and praise in the house today, open up the heavens, I believe God's coming to meet us in a special way. We want to open up the Word of God today, so take your Bibles out and turn to Galatians chapter 5. We are learning how God's called a character and how God wants to develop these fruits of the Spirit in our life, and today we are talking about just a really important super fruit called faithfulness. God wants every single one of us to be faithful, and it kind of is one of these fruits that hold all the others together. and so let's stand together as we read God's word this morning. All of our guests, welcome to Faith Assembly. So good to have you guys here, and thank you for coming to worship with us today. I'll be around for both services, so I look forward to meeting you guys in the Welcome center right after the service for just a few moments today. Galatians chapter five and verse number 22. But the fruit of the spirit is love. Joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. Everybody say faithfulness. Gentleness and self-control against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the sinful nature with its passions and desire. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Father, today as we open up your word, open up our hearts. That we might receive with faith today the engrafted word of God. That it will open up our hearts and lives to what you want to do in us. And we love you, God, and we need your help. And we give you praise and glory for your goodness in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Turn to someone, tell them they look great, and then you may be seated. Proverbs chapter 20 and verse number 6 says, Many a man who claims to have unfailing love, but a faithful man... Who can find? I think sometimes today it's hard to find a a faithful man. Marriages are being torn apart because of a lack of faithfulness in the marriage relationship. Businesses are disintegrating because uh, a a lack of commitment or or faithfulness in that partnership. There's a disloyal partner along the way. Families are disintegrate because of all the broken promises that are made uh, Who can find a faithful man today? A a lack of faithfulness permeates our world. And yet this is such an incredible fruit that God is looking for in each and every one of our lives. It is the, the one characteristic, it is the one virtue that will cause the child of God to stand out in the middle of the crowd. God looks to and fro and he's looking for that faithful man listen to psalm 101 verse 6 my eyes will be on the faithful in the land that they may dwell with me when you are faithful you get god's undivided attention my eyes are scanning the land god says looking for a faithful man and when you have that fruit of the spirit god's eyes are upon you now the word in the king james is translated faith but It's more properly called faithfulness, and it's translated that way in the New International Version. And it's a very important fruit because one day, we all hope to hear these words, well done, thou good and faithful servant, faithful servant. It is that fruit that we absolutely have to have. Now, there's some incredible blessings that come from a life of faithfulness. I want to give you three of those this morning. The first is simply this. When you are faithful, you get to exercise stewardship all of, over God's stuff. If you are faithful, you get to exercise stewardship over all of God's stuff. Turn to Genesis chapter 2. Genesis chapter 2 and verse number 8. Now the Lord God had planted a garden in the east of Eden. And there he put a man he had formed. Jump down to verse number 15. And the Lord took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and take care of it. Now when God creates man, he doesn't just create him and say, okay, be fruitful, multiply. That's part of it. But he also says, and I will give you dominion over the earth. I want you to take care of my garden. I'm giving you responsibility. I'm, I'm giving you myself stuff, and I want you to take care of it, and I want you to guard it, and I want you to be faithful, and I want you to attend it and take care of my stuff. God gave man a purpose and a function. Now, this is not just true for Adam. It's true for every single one of us today. God is looking for faithful men, faithful women, whom he can entrust his goods to, his stuff to his earth to. God's looking for people he can entrust his things to. Now, look at what happened with Adam and Eve. Look at chapter 3. Pick it up with verse number 23. And so the Lord God banished him from the garden of Eden to work the ground from which he had been taken. After he drove the man out, he placed him on the east side of the garden of Eden cherubim and a flaming sword flashing back and forth to guard the way to the tree of life man's unfaithfulness caused them to be driven out of the garden because Adam was not faithful to obey the Lord, because Eve was not faithful to obey the Lord. They're driven out of the garden. They they, they lose their sacred trust that they had over the garden of Eden, and God says you can't come back in here anymore because you were not faithful. Faithfulness allows his people to, the privilege of ruling and reigning with him. And if we are not faithful, God can't use us. And we can't rule in the spiritual realm. We can't have dominion in the heavenly realms because you're not faithful. And God can't entrust you with his goods and his stuff. God will only bless us to the to the degree we are responsibly administer God's goods. God's stuff, God's blessings. And if we're unfaithful, we will not be able to do that. Turn to Matthew chapter 24 and you'll see the principle right there. Matthew chapter 24 and verse number 45. Who then is a wise, who then is a faithful and a wise servant? Notice the word faithful whom the master has put in charge of his servants in his household to give them their food at the proper time. It will be good for that servant whose master finds him so doing when he returns. I tell you the truth, he will put him in charge of all of his possessions. When you are a faithful and wise steward, God puts you in charge of all of his possessions. Isn't that a great promise in the word of God? That's a privilege that comes with being faithful. God puts us in charge of all of his possessions. Now go to the next chapter. Look at Matthew chapter 25. And I'm not going to read the whole story, but God tells a parable. Jesus tells a parable of a man who he gave talents to. And to one he gave five talents, and to one he gave two talents, and to one he gave one talent. And he called them to be faithful stewards over those talents that God blessed them with. And the master came back and he said, tell me, how did you do with my talents? And the guy who had five talents said, I've got great news, Uh, I've invested that, I've used it wisely, I've been a good steward, and and I've multiplied your talents, and I now have ten talents. And what does the Lord say? Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Enter now into the joy of the Lord. He comes to the man he gave two talents to. And the guy says, you know what? I've used what you've given me. I've taken care of it. I've been responsible. I've been faithful over your goods. And God says, I've made two into four. And he says, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of the Lord, verses 21 and 23. And then he came to the servant who had one talent He says, I knew you were a hard man. I was afraid uh, of what might happen if I lost what I had, and so I took that one talent and I buried it in the ground. Here is your one talent back. Now jump down to verse 28 and 29 of Matthew 25. Take the talent from him who gave it to the one who has 10 talents. Now, Now listen to God's mathematics. The faithful servant, multiplied and had 10 talents you'd think he had more than anybody else you'd think that'd be enough stop there he says take the one and give it to the guy who multiplied the talents for everyone who has will be given more and he will have an abundance whoever does not have even what he has will be taken from him Everyone who's faithful, God says, I'm going to give him more. I'm going to bless him more. And so if you are a faithful steward, if you are faithful with God's possession, if you are faithful in ruling and having dominion with the Lord Jesus Christ, I can trust you with more. I will bless you with more. And I'm not just talking about stuff and money. Principle works for money. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about all of God's blessings. All that God puts into our charge. All of God's goodness and grace and mercy, all all the attributes of God, all that God gives us to use for his kingdom's sake. He says, take the one and give it to the one who has more. The faithful one receives more. The unfaithful loses what he doesn't use. Now, there are some people who say, Pastor, I don't have any gifts. I don't have any talents. God really can't use me. There's nothing I can do in God's kingdom. I I don't have any gifts. The the word for spiritual gift is the word charisma. It literally means gift, and it's two words put together, gift and grace. And so God has grace gifts for his children to give to them. And when he gives us his grace gifts, he expects us to use them. Now, to the person who says, I don't have any gifts, God certainly can't use me. Listen to 1 Corinthians 12, 7. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. In other words, God gives to each one, every single member of the body of Christ, he has gifts of grace to give to his children. Isn't that good news? You are gifted by God. You have special, unique gifts of grace that God wants to use and flow through your life. Those who have been faithful in using God's gifts will experience a more abundant harvest of God's wisdom and God's knowledge and God's revelation and God's blessing because you've been faithful to use what God has already given you. Why is God going to give you more if you don't use what he's already given you? Let me give you some examples from the word of God. These are very sobering, some negative examples. There were two brothers Jacob and Esau. And uh, Esau was the older, and and so the older twin. And because he is the older twin brother, he was to receive the double portion of the inheritance. He was also to receive the father's best blessing. The second second blessing was going to be reserved for the child number two. But listen to what Hebrews 12, 16 says about Esau and the use of God's blessings and gifts. See that no one is sexually immoral, or as godless like Esau, who for a single meal sold his inheritance rights as the oldest son. He sold it away for a pot of beans, lentils, something. Esau had it all coming his way, but because he was not faithful, because he despised the blessing, he traded it away. As a result, the blessing went from Esau to Jacob. Jacob got the blessing because he had a faithful heart. Esau was vain, he was immoral, he was worldly, he was tied up in the world. That was his life, only what he could see. He could not be entrusted with true spiritual blessings. So God takes the blessing from Esau and he gives it to Jacob. Let me give you another illustration. King Saul, 1 Samuel 16, 14. Now the spirit of the Lord had departed from Saul, and an evil spirit from the Lord tormented him. Saul was chosen to be king of Israel. He had been anointed by Samuel. He was destined to be a great powerful leader but because he was unfaithful because he disobeyed the lord uh, because he didn't heed the word of the lord because he was unfaithful in his rulership the lord removed the anointing and gave it to david he had to find somebody that could take those spiritual blessings uh, could take that anointing uh, could take the ability to rule and have dominion and he took the anointing off of saul and gave it to david very clear when he talks about the nation of Israel. Listen to Matthew twenty-one forty-three. Therefore I tell you that the kingdom of God will be taken away from you and given to a people who will produce its fruit. Israel as a whole, now not not all of Israel, but Israel as a whole was not faithful with the revelation of God's promised Messiah. God says, I'm going to send you the Messiah. He's going to redeem your people. But Israel rejected God's Messiah. They rejected the anointed one. And so he gave his revelation of the Messiah to the Gentiles. The people who would accept it and be faithful to produce fruit. God has chosen every one of us to be faithful servants in His work and His kingdom. And either you use God's gifts and talents and abilities, or you will lose it and it will be taken away from you. That's why this fruit has to be cultivated in our lives. Look at 1 Peter chapter 4. 1 Peter chapter 4. Look at verse number 7. The end of all things is near. Therefore, be clear-minded and self-controlled so that you can pray. Above all, love each other deeply because love covers a multitude of sins. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Each one should use whatever gift he has received to serve others. Look at that phrase again. Each one should use whatever gift he has received to serve others. God's given you a gift not to put it on a shelf. God's given you a gift not just to get up and come on Sunday morning and sit in a seat on Sunday. Each one should use whatever gift he has received to serve others faithfully, administering God's grace in its various forms. Now, he starts out by saying in this little passage I read to you, God loved us. God was faithful to us. God was good to us. And he's given us his love. And he says, take that love and use it to serve others. And on top of that, I've given you gifts to help you to accomplish that task of serving other people in love. We are stewards of God's love. And as we give God's love away, he multiplies it. It grows. It spreads. We give his love away. We we serve one another. True servants often serve in obscurity. They don't get recognition. No one's patting them on the back. No one's praising them on how great they may be. Uh, But listen to me. The recognition may not come, but never stop loving and never stop serving. Because if you stop, you're in danger of losing it. Use it or lose it. Aren't you glad God's never stopped being faithful to us? I'm so glad we sang that song. Great is thy faithfulness. Morning by morning, your mercies are new and fresh every day. God, you are faithful. You were faithful yesterday. You're faithful today. You'll be faithful tomorrow. And one of those characteristics of that spirit of Christ is faithfulness that he wants to do in our hearts and lives. He never stopped loving. He never stopped serving God has been faithful to us. Yet I wonder how many in his church are content to sit on the sidelines. Let someone else serve. Let someone else minister. Let someone else love. The fruit of God's faithfulness doesn't quit. Doesn't give up. Doesn't stop. First Corinthians 4 2. It is required in those, it is required that those who have been given must prove faithful. Are we faithful in keeping our word? When we say something to somebody, do we do what we're gonna say? Do we show up on time? Do we do we keep our word? Or do we make excuses and say, I'm sorry, I, and, and we have all of our excuses, uh, and it replaces, we think an excuse is going to replace our commitment to our friends and our family. Listen, child of God, we need to be people and men and women of our word. And we say something, we do it. We need to be somebody they can count on. There are those who are gifted in teaching. You haven't used that gift. You've gotten lazy. You quit digging into God's word. You quit digging out the treasures of God's word. And God has given you a, the gift of a teacher, and yet you're not using that gift for God's kingdom. There are those who have an ability to sing or, or to play an instrument. There are people in this body who have the ability to, to work with children and impart in into children's lives to work with our young people or, or work with our teenagers. There are others here. You have the gift of hospitality. You're very, you, you, God's given you that gift. He calls it one of the gifts of the Spirit, and yet you're not using that gift, and you could be involved in the greeters and the ushers, and, and, and we're, in fact, we need to ramp that up. As we approach the fall, we are going to expand our whole hospitality ministry, and we need, we need 100 more volunteers, right, Pastor Craig? We need them this, this coming up this fall for all the guests that God is going to send to us, because if we're not faithful with that gift of hospitality, the guests will not come. There's no reason to be here. If they're not welcome, if they're not loved, if, if they don't feel received, they won't come. And so we need those in that gift of hospitality. There are those who have the gift of mercy, those who have the gift of evangelism, those who have the gift of intercession. And so my question is, church, are we using our gift? That God has blessed us with. But if you are unfaithful, we are in danger of being like Esau who traded it all away who sold it all away but then it's too late and Esau, he saw he had a check of heart he realized what he had given up listen to hebrews twelve seventeen. and afterward as you know when he wanted to inherit the blessing he was rejected if you are not faithful god cannot bless you if you are not faithful with what god has given you how can god bless you with more He's going to say, I can't trust you. I can't use you. I'll give it to somebody else. There's two lessons from this first point. They're simply this, and I think they're in your notes. Be faithful, first of all, to appreciate and exercise whatever gift God has blessed you with. Be faithful in the use and exercise of your spiritual gift. And number two... The word of God also says, earnestly desire spiritual gifts. This is something you should desire and hunger for more than anything else. 1 Corinthians 12, 31. But eagerly desire the greater gifts. And God will give us gifts to those who desire them and are faithful in using them. Faithfulness. It is the key to us ruling and reigning with Christ. It is the key to spiritual dominion. It's the key that that God gave to Adam and Eve in the garden. It's the same key he has passed on to every single one of us. We have a responsibility and a gift that God's given us. Are we faithful? The second blessing that comes from this incredible fruit is we get to exercise fellowship with the Father. Turn back to Numbers 12. This is is exciting. Numbers 12, verse number 5. Fellowship with the Father comes as we use the fruit of faithfulness. How many would love just, just like more fellowship with the Father? We just want to be with the Father and fellowship with him and close to him. Listen to what he says about Moses. Then the Lord came down in a pillar of cloud. He stood at the entrance to the tent and summoned Aaron and Miriam. Both, uh, when both of them stepped forward, he said, listen to my words. When a prophet of the Lord is among you, I reveal myself to him in visions I speak to him. He's talking about Moses. I speak to Moses. But this is not true of my servant Moses. He is faithful in all my house. Moses is the most faithful guy in the house. That's why I, God, speak to him face to face. With him I speak face to face clearly and not in riddles. He sees the form of the Lord. Why then were you not afraid to speak against my servant Moses? Now he says because Moses was faithful, listen to the word, faithful in all my house, I spoke to him face to face. He heard me very, very clearly. He knew exactly what my will was for him. Now listen to me. I hear believers say all the time, I can't hear the voice of the Lord. I don't know what God's will is. I've never heard Him speak to me. And and they tell me, how can I know and how can I hear the voice of the Lord? Well, number one, you might ask yourself, are you being faithful? If you're not faithful, God can't speak to you face to face. You'll miss out on that fellowship. But when I am faithful steward, when I'm a faithful servant, I begin to learn how to hear and how to understand uh, the voice of the Lord. Because he can trust me what he tells me to do. I'm going to do it. Why is God going to reveal his will to somebody who's not going to carry it out? But when God sees a faithful heart, a faithful spirit, he can speak to him face to face and reveal his will very, very clearly. Check out your faithfulness. Now. Turn to John 5. and This is the incredible thing. The writer John is going to make a comparison between Jesus Christ and Moses. And and in this regard is that they were both faithful. And so you get Moses in the Old Testament, and then you get Jesus in the New. Uh, Hebrews will do that. But let's start with John 5, 30. By myself, I can do nothing, Jesus Christ speaking. I judge only as I hear. And my judgment is just, for I seek not to please myself, but him who sent me. Every situation Jesus Christ faced, he acted on hearing the word of God. He says, everything I do, I hear my Father speak. And I only do what my Father tells me to do. And I know what to do because I'm listening to his voice. Now, go to Hebrews 3, 1 and 2. Therefore, holy brothers, who share in this heavenly calling... Fix your thoughts on Jesus, the apostle and high priest, whom we confess. He was faithful. There's the word. He was faithful to the one who appointed him, just as Moses was faithful in all God's house. Now, what what does Jesus say? I hear and I do what my father tells me to do. How could he have such a pipeline with God that he so clearly heard everything that God wanted him to do. The Bible said it was because he was faithful just like Moses was in all God's house. How did God speak to Moses? Face to face. How does God speak to Jesus? Face to face. How will God speak to you if you are faithful? Face to face. You can hear and know the voice of the Lord. This is your privilege and prerogative. He says, my sheep know me, they hear my voice, and they follow me. But you're not going to hear his voice if you're not going to follow him. Why is God going to speak to somebody who's not going to listen? And be faithful and do what God is calling him to do. We will receive clarity of God's voice only as we are faithful to obey God's commands and follow him. Believers hear his voice because they're faithful to follow. God knows us better than we know ourselves. And he's not going to speak to someone just so they can say, Boy, Guess, guess what? I had a God just spoke to me and I had a God moment. That's not why he's talking to you. He's talking to you not so you can brag about your closeness to God. He's speaking with you so you can obey and follow him and do what he's called you to do faithfulness god will speak to those he can trust to follow him he is looking for those who obey his voice when god wakes you up and speaks to you in the middle of the night He says, i want you to pray do you obey his voice and get to your knees and start to pray or do you roll over and say god i'm so tired let me go back to sleep God is looking for people who obey and who obey promptly and follow hard after him. When you pray, I, heard, I read this quotation, when you pray, wear your shoes. Because God is speaking in these last days and there's a lot of work to do. And so when you pray, have your shoes on and be ready to follow and obey and do whatever God calls us to do. Faithfulness at fruit brings this close relationship with God where you hear his voice and understand very clearly what he is saying to you. And the third thing, the third blessing of faithfulness is you experience the joy of pleasing the Father. That's your joy, pleasing the Father. You experience that joy. Matthew 25 and 21. His master replied, well done, thou good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. There's that that whole thing I was talking about about uh, uh, God giving you the ability to rule and reign with him. If you're faithful, God will give you that. I'll make you in charge of many things. And then he says, come and share your master's happiness. The believer who is faithful, it produces joy and appreciation in the heart of the master. And we share in that joy with our Lord. And so what happens is, I want to be faithful because I want to please God. I just want to please God. John 8 and 29 Uh, it says Jesus did those things which pleased his father that was his joy pleasing the father Jesus was always always faithful and it should be in the heart of every believer to please our father therefore faithfulness is our goal because when I'm faithful I'm pleasing God you see God is more interested in your faithfulness than your accomplishments. Let me say that again. God is more interested in your faithfulness than your accomplishments. Because in our accomplishments, we tend to measure ourselves against one another. And I did more than you this year, and I led more people, and I did this, and and I had a bigger ministry, and, and, and God saw all that I did for him. God wants your faithfulness. He said the same thing that had two talents as he did to the one who had five talents. God wants us to be faithful wherever he places us and whatever he does in our lives. He's not concerned with what you achieve. He's only concerned, have you been faithful? Have you been obedient? Have you done my will? When we are faithful, even in the little things, the Father is pleased. Now, go to Hebrews 11. Hebrews is this great passage on faith and i think sometimes we miss the point of hebrews 11 we, we want to do faith is something that i could use to get something from god that's kind of the way faith's been interpreted if i have faith then i can get god to do for me what i want god to do for me when i think often the better translation is faithfulness because he says in hebrews 11 and 6 without faith it is impossible to please god so faithfulness pleases God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Now, in Romans 1, 17, it says the just shall live by faith. We know that verse. We've heard that verse. What we don't understand is that verse is taken from Habakkuk chapter 2 and verse number 4. Okay, follow me here. Paul is quoting Habakkuk 2 and 4 where it also says the just The righteous shall live by faith. In the Old Testament, in the Hebrew, the word faith has the idea of firmness and fidelity. It has the idea of faithfulness. The word faith is only used two times in the entire Old Testament. And both times when it's translated faith, the better translation is firmness, fidelity, or it carries the idea of faithfulness. So when Paul uses that in Romans, he says that just shall live by faithfulness. And as we are faithful to God, we are pleasing God. Now go back to Hebrews chapter 11. You have these exploits of all these who did great acts of faithfulness. In Hebrews chapter 11, they were men and women of great faithfulness. In reality, though, what he says in Hebrews 11 is without Faithfulness, it is impossible to please God. So every one of these heroes of faithfulness were pleasing God. Hebrews 11. They were not applauded because of their talent. This wasn't the most talented group of people you find in Hebrews 11. Or did they weren't applauded because they never failed. Every one of those guys in Hebrews chapter 11 had failures along the way but because they remain faithful till the end. The one thing that jumps off the page of Hebrews 11 of these all these heroes of faithfulness was they remained steadfast and faithful all the way till the very end. They were not applauded because of their talents, but because they remained faithful. They pointed to Jesus Christ, the Bible says, who is the author and finisher of their faith. Now, here's what I want to get to. Listen to me. Many believers have made a golden calf out of faith. So they say, let's develop faith so I can get stuff from God. Faith has everything to do with faithfulness. You cannot separate the two. So in times of trial, I stand on the word, and I trust God till the end. Now, here's what happens is, if you've made this golden calf out of faith, you say, okay, God, I'll try this faith thing. I believe in you. I believe in you. I'm going to give me this. I'm going to provide that. You're going to do this for me, that for me. And we, we, we have this connotation that somehow, if I have enough faith, I can manipulate God to do what I want God to do for me. What happens, though, is without faithfulness, you get in the middle of the trial, you get in the middle of the test, and it doesn't happen, you give up, and you resort to the arm of the flesh. You say, well, that didn't work, I tried this, I tried that, it didn't come through like I thought it was going to, and we revert to man's ingenuity to get our own way or to get what we want out of our life. Faithfulness, on the other hand, says, God, I will trust in you. I will believe in you all the way through the trial till the very end. Faith is not using a right formula to get what I want from God. It is being faithful to God and pleasing him through all situations, all trials, all tests, never giving up, remaining true to the Lord no matter what happens. Let's go to Hebrews eleven. I just want to share scripture. It's not on your thing. I just you read Hebrews eleven and you see these great exploits of faithfulness and faith. And then he comes down to the end of the chapter, and there are there are people who say, you know what, I've got faith. Talk about the faith of Rahab. Uh, Here we go. Look at the end, verse thirty-seven. All right, let's go to verse 35. Women receive their dead, uh, back their dead, raised to life again. We all shout and sing. Others were tortured and refused to be released so that they might gain a better resurrection. Some faced cheers and floggings while still others were chained and put in prison. Boy, you're reading through this whole catalog of people of great faith. They were stoned, they were sawed in two, they were put to death by the sword, they went about in sheepskins and goatskins, destitute, persecuted, and mistreated. The world was not worthy of them. They wandered in deserts and mountains and in caves and in holes in the ground. That's why when somebody says to you, if you just had more faith, you wouldn't be sick. And we put people under condemnation and people under guilt. Now I believe God heals, and I believe I I, I pray for healing. I pray for people to get healed, and, and I've seen many many miracles God does. But 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 some were tortured, and 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 some died, and some were killed, and some were stoned. But the but the bottom line is their faith was no greater than the other faith you read earlier in the chapter of Abraham and some of these other guys. They're all listed in the same list. Why? Because they were faithful they didn't give up they trusted in god all the way through the very end it's 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 sometimes harder to hang on when things aren't going right than it is if god instantly gave us our healing or our money or our stuff when we wanted it it takes faith to trust god in the hard times faithful hanging on all the way to the end never ever giving up these pleased the lord the reward of faithfulness is I am pleasing my heavenly father who gave his life for me. We need, to get our, we need to get our eyes off the results of faith and on to doing God's will and God's plan for our lives. And when the trials come, we'll be able to stand because our desire is not to satisfy my own lust, but to please my heavenly father. Faithfulness is all about pleasing my Father. Faithfulness enables the child of God to experience the joy of pleasing his heavenly Father. That's why James 1, 2, and 3, listen to this. Consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds because you know the testing of your faith develops Perseverance. How can you have joy in the middle of the trial? I can have joy in the middle of my trial because I am living my life to please God. That's my joy. Of all the fruits of the spirit-filled life, faithfulness may be the most inconspicuous. It is that worker that nobody sees. It's that worker behind the scenes It's that worker that's not waiting on a big thanks, big reward, because he's faithful because he's pleasing the Father. It's the faithful usher. It's the faithful nursery worker who's back there changing diapers so we can be in here and hear the word of God uninterrupted by the cries of children. It is that faithful royal ranger worker it's that faithful intercessory prayer warrior who prays in the morning, who prays at night, who gets that email across, across our prayer line, our prayer request line, and immediately goes to their knees and begins to intercede for the needs of this body and the needs of this congregation. And no one ever notices, and they go largely unnoticed. You know, the singers, you see them. And and the musicians, you see them. And and, and to some extent, they get their props. And they do a great job and they lead us to the throne of grace, and that's not why they're up here. But what you don't see is the sound people in the sound booth who make it possible for you to hear the singers up here. And you don't hear the light people, you see the light people up there, and the people who are doing all the stuff behind the scenes. Those are the those are sometimes the ones who go unnoticed. But the church cannot move forward without faithful servants Amen. it is what moves the church it is what moves the church forwards it is what makes us servants It is what helps us to minister to one another it is all about faithfulness and his reward is knowing that he simply pleased his father i i've pleased god now let me ask you a couple of questions we're going to wrap it up how have you been as a steward over god's stuff have you been faithful with god's money have you been faithful with God's time? Have you been faithful with God's spiritual giftings? Have you been faithful with God's stuff that he puts us over? Just ask yourself. You know, This is one of these messages that, that I just can't say. Everybody wants to be more faithful, come to the altar. We'd all be down here. There'd be no room. Hopefully he's speaking, he's speaking to my heart. Hopefully he's speaking to every single one of us. Ask yourself this question. Has your faithfulness made the Father's voice clearer to hear? Are you hearing God very clearly speak to you and direct very specifically what his will is for your life? If you're having trouble hearing God's voice, then you need to do a quick check on your faithfulness. Okay? That's one of the the blessings of faithfulness. I hear God very clearly. Ask yourself this question, are, are you pleasing your Father with your faithfulness? Or is it all about what I get out of it? Now, this i just started on this. This is such an important fruit. I've just begun to scratch the service, and next Sunday we're going to talk about how we cultivate this fruit of faithfulness in our life. But it is, it is so, so vitally important to the body of Christ. We're going to be challenging many of you to step up into ministry. Some of you guys have been used in ministry in the past. You kind of feel like, well, I've retired. I'm done. Just let someone else do it. Listen, we want everybody ought to be faithful in some gift, some place in the body of Christ right here at Faith Assembly of God, some ministry that God's laid on your heart and life. And as we do that, the kingdom of God advances. and Our Father's pleased. Amen. Let's stand together. I, you guys have been great this morning to hear the word of God. This is one of those just incredible super fruits faithfulness and we'll be very specific next week about areas you can be involved in in ministry and uh, as we move forward in the fall and get ready for all the guests and people god's going to bring our way father i thank you i thank you for everybody here today i thank you for so many faithful servants right here at faith assembly god who's serving in an- 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 anonymity No one may see who they are, no one may know what they're doing, but, God, they're faithfully working and they're serving and they're ministering. Just, God, as you have loved us and been faithful to us, they're they're serving with our children, they're serving in our youth, they're serving in all kinds of areas in the church, ministry, and I thank you for each and every one. I thank you, God, for spiritual gifts that you have blessed every single person in the house with. Everybody, God, you've blessed with your giftings. So I pray, God, you will help us. Thanks for listening. For more, check out faithishere.org.